This episode is sponsored by Gopher State Tape Library, a 5013C corporation. Established in 1974, the library has been archiving recovery talks of the many 12-step recovery fellowships across the globe. For almost 50 years, these have been distributed worldwide. The library is the only all-volunteer organization doing this work in existence. There are no paid employees. Thousands of downloads, MP3s, and CDs can be obtained at www.gstl.ecwid.com. I don't know uh, what's popping up on your radar lately, but the only thing popping up mine is people calling me talking about how much they're struggling, you know, with the whole uh, the virus thing and the sequestration, sequestration, all that stuff. Um, so we have um, new people and we have people that have been around this a long time. And so I'll try and make this um, applicable for everybody. So we have, this is kind of like, how do I use the steps with this shit, right? So the idea is to back up to the beginning, which is I have a living problem. I have a living problem. We, we arrive at that idea through our drinking problem but we quickly learned the drinking problem was a symptom of a larger problem, which was what? Which was the living problem. I don't have a way. I don't have a constructive way. I don't have a way to come against my challenges in a given day in a manner that's constructive and brings me some modicum of peace or satisfaction or contentment. So we, what do we do? We come to this in our powerlessness, right? The, uh, I'll give you a, a peek. Um, let me see. This is uh, the main purpose, which is an into action. Our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and our fellows. That purpose is totally unaffected by what we're going through culturally right now. It's totally unaffected. You can be a maximum service to your creator, what you see as your creator or the higher power or God, whatever you call it. That's that thing that we call God, the higher power idea, is a whole set of positive, uplifting principles. Those principles enable me to float on top of what's going on instead of be consumed by it. I'm not saying this is easy, but I'm saying what you learned around your drinking or your drug problem is, is totally applicable to this problem. When I'm afraid, I'm afraid not because I don't know what's going to happen. I'm afraid because I think I do know what's going to happen, and it scares the hell out of me. And now I'm in the future tense where there is no solution. So I have to constantly keep bringing myself back to now. What do we have now? So um, powerless over alcohol, my life's powerless over the virus, my life's unmanageable. Absolutely. Right? So it's the same problem, isn't it? 
the appearance of lack of power in this moment. The appearance of it, but God is always present. You know this from your own experience. Every time I've asked God for help to come into my life, and remember, when I use the word God, I use it for a shortcut. It is whatever you have assigned conceptually to that higher power idea. And if you haven't, now you're finding out there's quite a necessity for it. There's quite a necessity for it. Because if there is no power greater than me or greater than this virus, then I am really screwed, aren't I? All I can do is hold on to the best of my ability. It's like a drunk guy being dragged behind a truck, you know, or making love with a gorilla. The gorilla will tell you when you're done, right? So I'm not going to consign myself. I'm not going to consign myself to being defined by the problem. The challenge, this is the challenge. I have to continually define myself by the solution. And the solution's maximum service to you and God. And that ends up serving me. That ends up being my comfort. So it's the same problem. Where is God in this equation for me? Where is God in this challenge? Because it's just a challenge. It's just life. Life is happening. It's like a river. We're watching the movie. It's flowing past us. It's flowing around us. But we're not that. We're not the experience. We're, who's, we're what is experiencing it. So I have to keep me, I'm just talking for me, I'm not talking for you. I have to keep reminding myself, this isn't, this isn't my deal. This is just what's happening. My deal is I have to choose a way to be with it. I have to choose who I want to be going through this. I don't know how long it's going to last. Well, that's okay, because I only have to choose who I'm going to be today, right now. And when I fear is my belief in the absence of God in this moment. There in my world, in my little theology, there's only one real power. And that's the higher power. That's the G-O-D. That's that thing that informs everything. That's the real power. Everything else is effect. It appears to be power, but it's just effect. So if I, if my reliance is on my job. And now my job's gone. I don't know what to do with myself. I can't tell you how many people have called me saying, I don't I'm so bored. I'm so bored. I don't know what to do. Well, I'll tell you what you can do. Study. Go deeper in what you say you believe. Because therein lies the solution. My comfort, my source of power, grace, and mercy is my relationship with that higher idea. Because that's the only thing that's constant. Everything else is it a constant? Is it a constant state of change? It always has been, and always will be, because that's the state of life. It's change, and I am watching it, and I have to make a conscious decision how I'm going to be with it on a daily, minute-to-minute basis. And there's an expression I use sometimes: it's either I define the moment, or the moment defines me. Am I going to let the appearance of this stuff determine who I be? What is my emotional state? What is my mood? Am I going to let that be, or am I going to choose it? 
and I'm choosing to go with the higher idea. So, so he, attitudinally, here's the deal. So all our business, all the retreats I do, everything disappeared. I mean, like 100%. I don't mean like, oh, we're down 50%. I mean, like we got 0%, right? And when that first happened, it was an oh, shit moment. Because I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. Every revenue stream that I have gone is gone. So I'm looking, I'm saying, well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to inform my landlord I got five months of prudent reserve and then I'll be out of the building. So I'm breaking the lease. So I don't know if I'm going to get sued or what. But here's, so you look at all that. I look at all that and I go, this is awful. Is it? It's the appearance of awful. But is it awful? Or is it just a change in trajectory? Is it just a change in the flow? So here's how it turns. Now it turns out I'm going, well, I got to move to the office. What a perfect time to move the office. There's no business. Nothing can be interfered with. It's perfect. So I don't know, but I know that's the next thing to do is to protect the library by moving it into my garage or my house. And I got it all set up and we're working on, you know, we're, we're, we're working on, I'm wait, I'm where I would say we're, but there's only one gopher. <laughs> oh, that's me. So that's an example of the, what I call the turnaround. It's like good news, bad news. Who can say? It's what you make of it. So that's on a material level, but on an emotional level, that's the turn away. Oh, there's another example of fear. We'll turn back to your face. Ah, on the psychological level, my head wants to go, well, how long is this going to be going on? You know, people are canceling things into September. And then and the answer is, I don't know. And the truth is, nobody knows. So why wrap my head around that thing? It's just going to screw me into the ground, right? What I have to revert to is my, my belief, which is I've always had what I need in my time of need. And this is no exception. I've always had what I need in my time of need. So when this first happened, I was praying. And this thing came to my head. Uh, God is, God will, and God has. And for me, that was reminding me, God is the only real power. The rest of this stuff, the appearance of power is really effect because it has no lasting. It has no lasting change. It just has effect, right? And God has always given me what I needed in my time of need. And God will is, this takes care of the future tense. God will continue doing what God's supposed to be doing as long as I keep doing God's work to the best of my ability. It sounds so simplistic and and it might even sound um, jingoistic to some of you. But that's I'm just telling you what I'm doing with this. Either I believe in what I declare I'm believing in, this power and this process. So why wouldn't this work for anything? It works for everything. Because it's a fundamental idea. The, the reason we have the steps is to guide us back to the power. And the steps, everything, you know, for second... The second step is the hurdle. Where are you at with the power question? And I got to figure that out. Where am I at with the power? Do I believe there's a power? Oh, I do. I believe there's a power. Do you have any relationship with what you say you believe in? Well, no, I don't. Well, maybe that's something we can work on. I don't have a concept. Okay, then get one. 
oh, I don't know how to do that. Well, okay, here we go. And we start plowing through all these different scenarios, right? So whatever got you to your first meeting represents a power greater than yourself. Even if the power was fear, I'm afraid I'm going to die if I don't change. Fine. Then I go to AA and the first flush, not for me, but for a lot of people that have reported to me, their first experience is, I've come home. This is wonderful. Oh. And then they start asking you to do stuff and you go, well, I'm not sure this is home now. It's just starting to look kind of uncomfortable, right? So you have to punch through that stuff because this whole thing, our whole lives, our whole mentality, our, our mental health, our psychological health, our emotional health, and our spiritual health is all predicated on what do you believe in? If you believe in self-will, if you believe in the ego and the power of reason, that's fine. That's your business. But I think what we all come to is that fails. It fails miserably with the addiction, but it also fails with everything else. I can make some things happen, but I can't necessarily keep them in place. Do you know what I'm saying? I have effect. The third step talks about it. What do you do to get your way? Are you brutal? Are you sweet? Are you kind? What's your manipulation? What's your game? That's what it's talking about, right? So, okay, I get a concept I'm willing to grow towards, and that's the decision of the third step. And what is four through seven is all the stuff that I'm clinging to that prevents me, precludes me from growing in spirit. It's interesting. So here's, here's a taste. Some of you know this really well. And uh, some, of, some of you, it might be new. I don't know. I don't know everyone on this thing. So I'm just going to, I'm going to feed it to you. It's on page 25. There's a solution. Oh, by the way, this is just an aside. Have you ever noticed it goes Bill's, doctor's opinion, Bill's story, and then there's a solution? Has it ever seemed odd to you? And then it's more about alcoholism and we agnostics. Why is there a solution there? Shouldn't it be after we agnostics? Have you ever thought about it? You know what the truth of it is? That's the first three things they wrote as a teaser to sell the book idea. That was Bill's thing. We'll give him the docs of the people, we'll give him my story, and then we'll give him hope. And we'll suck him in and they'll invest in our little project. So anyway, just historical footnote. So almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of our shortcomings, which the process requires for a successful consummation. So almost none of us like the steps. That's good news. Because when you're new and you get that presented to you, it's usually not a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's usually an oh shit moment. You want me to what? So, but we saw that it really worked in others. Have I? This is the identification thing. And what did I tell us earlier in the book? Until we identified, little if any progress will be made. Huh. And we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we'd been living it. Those weren't the words I had to describe it, but it describes it perfectly. Hopelessness and futility. No matter how hard, 
and how long I try, no matter how deep I go, I cannot make it happen. And I end up feeling hopeless and frustrated. When therefore we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the spiritual kit of tools laid at our feet. There's a question there. Have you been approached by someone who's who solved their self-reliance the problem? The first step is about the failure of my self-reliance. So the solution to that is God-reliance. Find something to rely on. Have I met anyone and have they approached me? And if they have, and I've, I've resonated to this, all I got to do is pick up the kit and start going. The kit the 12, is the 12 steps. Then they report, we found much of heaven, been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence, which we'd not even dreamed. Okay, that's the foundation for this, this paragraph. Here it is, the great fact. It's just this. Nothing else. Nothing else. The great fact isn't that I got my car back. The great fact isn't that I'm making more money than I made before. The great fact isn't that I've got all my warrants paid off. The great fact isn't that I lived through my divorce or I got married. That's not the great fact. The great fact is this. We've had deep and effective spiritual experiences, and we know from examination in the spiritual experience appendix, that means deep personality change. Deep and effective spiritual experiences, deep and effective shifts in our person. And those shifts have revolutionized our whole attitude, our whole approach towards life, towards our fellows, towards God's universe, towards everything. Central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our creator or this power that you're coming to believe in has entered our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. You can read that hearts and lives too which is how I originally read it when I was new. And I, I do hearts and lives now because it's the idea of the divinity within, the God within. Manifest as your conscience, maybe. Manifest as your knowing, okay? Um, so, and the way this power has entered into my heart and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous it, this power, my relationship with this idea, has commenced, that means has started, has begun to accomplish those things for me, which I could never do by myself. That's the great promise. You're going to be different. You're going to be really different. And everything is going to look different. Everything is going to look different. It won't look that way all at once. It will mostly it works that way gradually over time. Over time. For some of us, because people like me that were very resistant, slower process. For people like some of the guys I sponsor that were ready to roll, much faster process. Doesn't matter as long as you're processing, as long as you're going down this path towards a relationship with a set of higher ideas or principles or a God of your understanding, that's all that matters. doesn't matter how fast. If you want faster, do more. That's how we do that, right? If things are sucking, here's a, here's a program for you. If things are hard now, 
drill down into your prayer and your meditation and your reading. See as how you're sitting at home anyway. The thing that I see most people doing is they're they're describing they're t- discussing what are you binge watching? Because we're in this really unique place where all our distractions have been removed. All our res- dis- no sports. Unless you want to watch a five-year-old football game. <laughs> oh, man. Um, no entertainment of any kind. No restaurants, no food, no theater, no clubs. Interesting, isn't it? Teilhard de Chardin was a French monk in the 1200s. And his famous, one of his famous quotes is this one. All a man's problems stems from his inability to sit alone in a room with himself. How's that hit you? Isn't that exactly what we're faced with? Now we're back to the fundamental question. With all the chatter, with all the worldly stuff, the noise falling away, I'm sitting with the same question that I've always had. Who am I and why am I here? Who am I and why am I here? Am I going to be this fear-based guy? Am I going to be a guy curled up in a ball, watching as much TV as he can so he doesn't think about how he's feeling? Am I going to be this other guy? There's plenty of ways to help people. Just because you can't sit down on the couch with them, there's plenty of ways to help people. And most of the time, they're going to reach out to you anyway. Reach out to people. You know, when I'm sitting around in the morning, I do my prayer, my meditation, and someone's name pops into my head, I put them on a little list and I call them. When I'm done, I just call them. You popped into my head. What's going on? How you doing? Right? So interesting that you called right at this time. You know? It's fascinating. So then they, after this glorious window into the future, they tell me I've got two choices. I can decline this process. I can decline this process and go on to the bitter end. Drink until you die. Do your drugs until you die. Do your drugs and drinking until you die. Whatever you're doing, do it till you die. The other is to accept spiritual help. And here's the deal breaker. This we did because we honestly wanted to. One, gut check. Do I honestly want to? And the second one is, am I willing to make the effort? This is, this is, uh, this is that situation when you're working with someone and they're, they, all they talk about is what they, I need. I really need to do something about this. I really need to change. I really need to slow this down. I really need to drink less. I really need, I really need, need doesn't do squat. What I want to get that need to is I want. That becomes a desire and I'm pulled towards the desire, which pulls me towards the solution. And for us, for me, uh, I don't know all of you, but for me, that solution is my relationship with the creator. It's the only thing that's ever worked. It's the only constant. And so this is an opportunity to go deeper in that relationship or get lazy, run away and distract myself, but it's not going to change anything. The other thing this will expose to you and some of you may be having this experience, even as we talk, is you're going to find out where the weak spots in your program are. You know, I really never really got down with this higher power idea. And now it's biting me in the butt. Now it's biting me in the butt because this whole thing is predicated on power. The power of the virus. It's so interesting, isn't it? 
You know, in, in the Native American and, and mostly indigenous um, cultures, there's always a connection of man to nature. And since Newton came along, we have been progressing off that path, and man has been so arrogant thinking that he had the answer to everything. And we're really separate from nature. In fact, nature is here for us to benefit from, not to take care of. And so now we come along, and everyone's talking about how many missiles they have and how big their armies are and what their GDP is. And now we got this little virus you, no one can even see, and it's kicked the whole planet's ass. How powerful are you now? <laughs> it was just a house of cards. And I'm not saying you shouldn't want to have a nice life. I'm not saying you shouldn't strive to improve your standard of living or anything like that. But I would, what this is calling to do is this is calling us to improve our standard and quality of our spirit. Because I need to have a different way to get through this because I can't do it with a hammer. I can't do it with force of will. So I'm being called, right? So in the steps when we're going through them, it's based on the failure of our self-reliance. And that equates to powerlessness. So clearly it's saying you need to have some additional power connected to who you are, who you be, and what you do and the way you do it, right? That's what it's telling me. And the other promise is there are several. We, maximum service to God and your fellows. There's another promise that comes earlier in the book. It says, just to the degree that I do God's will to the best of my ability, God will enable me to match calamity with serenity. Doesn't say you're never going to have a problem again because now you're in recovery and recovery people don't have problems. No, it says this is life. Life will present. Some of it will be challenging. Some of it will be sweet. Some of it will be bitter. But it's just life. You get to choose how you're going to interact and relate to that. You get to choose that. And if you don't have a foundation, you better get one pretty quick. <coughs> right? <coughs> if you're exposed by this condition that our culture is in, it's going to point you right at what doesn't work. I can't pray. I never learned how to pray. Well, now you're going to learn how to pray. Or you're going to run. It's always come, this is oversimplification, but for me, it always comes down to grow or die. You're going to dry, some of your self-will is going to die. You're going to grow. Or the world and the events are going to dominate you. And they're going to define you which is not a good feeling because there's no peace. There's no purpose. There's no serenity. There's just hanging on. There's just survival. And I think we're called to thrive in all this stuff. I think this is a call to do more, to do better, to go deeper. I don't think it's something to suffer and endure. It's got its problems. I, I'm not saying it doesn't, but if I don't have my house payment, Worrying about it's not going to give me my house payment. So it's screaming at me, you need to find a different way to look at this. And then all the shame comes up. Oh, God. You know, why is this happening? Right? Here's another failure. 
here's another failure. And why is it a failure? Because don't forget, you're a piece of crap. You're unlovable. You're un, un, You're just unredeemable. You're just dirty. That's the shame. And that's going to get highlighted in these times too. Greater and lesser degrees for each one of us. But I need to recognize it. And then I need to do the intervention. And the intervention is God. It's prayer and meditation and good works. I still have the same evaluation every day. Did you give more than you took today? Did you give more than you took? I did. Well, that's a good day. You're fine. Did you did you follow your intuition? What intuition? That voice that says, hey, call Janet. Hey, call Dave. Touch base with Jay. You know, that voice. I had this happen the other day with a guy down in Sioux Falls. And popped into my head. I called him. It was a perfect time for him. It's a perfect time. I didn't know it was going to be a perfect time. I didn't know it was going to be a perfect conversation. All I knew is I got a nudge. And we're called to look for the nudges, aren't we? We're called to be aware of watching God's hand go through the day. So uh, when you're new and you're doing six and seven, there's a, there's a catch in the middle of six and seven. Is there something you still cling to? That's what's going to come out in 10 and 11. What are you clinging to? I'm clinging to my fear. And then your, your addiction is going to say, yeah, but there's good reason to be afraid. Yeah, but I might lose my house. Yeah, but I might lose my car. Well, if you lose your house, are you still you? If you lose your car, are you still you? If you lose him or her, are you still you? And I start exposing myself to this idea that I have, I have created an image of me based on externals. And that will never work. The reason I'm talking to you about this is because I've already been through this twice. So I have some experience. I have some learning around this. And I'm not afraid about losing stuff. Our culture is designed to get more stuff. You'll get your stuff. The thing is, can I get my sanity? Can I grow in my spirit? That's the challenge. So what am I clinging to? I'm clinging to my fear. And my fear is directly connected to my shame. That ain't going to work. God don't make junk. That's the phrase they used to tell me. I said, well, you might have made an exception with me. But obstinate, resistant, yeah. But the question is, what's the lesson in front of me? What am I being asked to learn? What am I being asked to learn? And that's an inventory question, isn't it? And it's not an esteem builder necessarily to find out I have been trusting. Self has reasserted itself. I've been trusting me and nothing else. And it just was slippery. It just kind of happened very subtly in the background. Because I was saying, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. And, uh, and I let go of some of my disciplines, some of my practices. Well, this is the wake-up call. If you're weak in your prayer and meditation, what's it telling you to do? Go deeper in it. Go deeper. It doesn't cost anything to call someone. It doesn't cost anything to email someone. <clears throat> Ask for a conversation. Reach out. I'm suffering. My prayer life is totally evaporated. What are you doing? What's your experience? What do you have going? That's what we're talking about. Continue to watch for the false self. 
Selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, fear, for starters, false self. And I get something revealed to me. Maybe I was a little over-reliant on the material side of things. A little over-reliant on the job, the title, the education, the money. Maybe I was a little over-reliant on the relationship. And now I find myself getting insecure and afraid, and I'm talking to my partner, and I'm, I'm asking for more. Well, you can't fix me. Susan can't fix me. So what's going to fix me? What's going to involve me and pull me through this? My relationship with God and my understanding, period. Period. And then I have the challenge. Practice this way of being throughout the day in all your affairs. I'm talking about the 12-step, right? When you go in the grocery store and and you sit there with a woman with a cart full of toilet paper and a mask on and gloves, you know, instead of going, hey, what, what the hell is the matter with you, lady? Um, it's just like, oh, God bless you. You're having a tough time. You're afraid. You know, you're afraid. You go into the stores. I went into one, I went into a hardware store today to pick up a lawnmower. And, uh, and everybody in the store, first off, you can only have one person at a time. Then everyone in the store, all the employees had gloves, had masks, had face shields. They were dialed in, right? Then I went to the drugstore to get some ibuprofen, and nobody was wearing anything. All the employees, the woman working the cash register, no mask, <coughs> no gloves, handling filthy money, have a nice day, <coughs> you know, off we go. It's amazing. To me, it's amazing. So I got to be, I got to make a conscious choice who I want to be in those situations. Because I can be irritated. I can look at the woman with a cart full of toilet paper and go, God, you silly, scared humanoid, right? And I can be judgmental and I can be impatient because now she's getting out the coupons and now we're going through all the, right? Or I can just say, bless you. And mean it. That's the difference. Bless you. Because I know what it's like to be afraid. And I'm, I'm very fortunate that I'm not afraid right now. But I understand you are. So have at it, you know. The new advent of one-way one way aisles at the grocery store. you got to love it. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's a challenge, is it not? To give of ourselves from the highest value we can to be of any help we can be to our fellows. You know, I don't know what kind of neighborhood you live in. I live in a neighborhood that's, it's a nice, quiet neighborhood, but it's not a real, like, friendly neighborhood. I've met, like, three people in four years. And I've, I've got a woman that lives next door to me that I've seen, and we wave and all that, but she's single. She lives at home alone. And I know she got laid off because her car is out front all the time. So the other day I just walked over and I introduced myself. I gave her my card and I said, if you have any problems, give me a call. And she gave me all the disclaimers why she didn't need my help. But fine. That's not my problem. That's good. I'm glad you got family in town. I'm glad you got it covered. Good. And I'm just letting you know. So um, might have made her uncomfortable. Didn't make me uncomfortable. Seems to me it's the indicated thing to do. Did with my neighbor out in the alley the other day. But anyway, it's not the big things. It's not create 
the vaccine for the virus. It's not, it's the little things. It's the humanity. I see you. I see you. I feel you. It's okay. It's okay. It's going to be okay. I don't know how it's going to be okay, but you know what? What is the truth? The truth is I've lived through everything that life has thrown at me. That's the truth. I've lived through huge financial reversals. I've lived through addiction, all that stuff that many of us have endured. Um, and you know what? I'm still here. I'm still here. God is, God has, and God will. So remember, our addiction, when you take it apart as you go through the steps, you realize that all these things, the social, the security, and the sex ambitions got out of proportion, and those instincts created the problems that I'm having in my life. And those things, my falling in love with the initials on my business card, falling in love with my title, falling in love with my woman, falling in love with my money, falling in love with applause, falling in love with awards. That is the disconnect from God. All those things became what I call small G gods. Because you are serving. You and I are serving all the time, aren't we? We're always serving something. What are you serving? You're serving your faith? You're serving your God? What's the principle you're trying to serve? Patience, kindness, tolerance, empathy, compassion? Or fear, self-centeredness, loneliness, you're practicing loneliness. It's on us. God gave us all the tools we need to thrive in any condition. And that's the challenge. That's the challenge. So, okay, I think that's plenty of Roger B for now. New episodes of The Gathering are published twice a month and can be found on Spotify and other major podcast apps. You can follow The Gathering on Spotify and others to receive monthly notifications of new episodes.